It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Y'all are so sad right now. This is not how I thought this would go for the Phoenix Suns. We started off with an L majorly. The Phoenix Suns fall to the Denver Nuggets in game one, 125 to 107. Welcome into the PHNX Suns post game show. Saw how you feel it. You better than I, mean, I am. I, I mean, we got our ass kicked tonight. What are you going to do? You know, like, DNVR fans and Denver Nuggets fans have been waiting for this moment. It happened. You got game one. You fucking molly whopped us. Like, what are you going to say? Jamal Murray makes a difference. Yeah. You were right. They, That's he, he certainly made a difference. He was phenomenal tonight. We're going to talk about it all uh, again. Like, listen. It, we don't know how the series is going to go. I know Nuggies fans are feeling like they're going to sweep us, which is fine. You can feel like that. You're gassed up. That's cool. But we, all we ask is just, you know, listen, let's not be demeaning, but we can be, you know, we can You go ahead and talk your shit is what we're saying, but just don't be rude about it. Yeah. Talk your shit. Yeah. You guys whooped us. It yeah. is what it is. Okay. Game one sucked. Yeah. Absolutely sucked. Did not really have a whole lot of fun watching that game, but I'm not all completely down and out on this team. I'm not going to be. No. Like, oh, my God, the world is ending. Everything's falling apart. The Nuggets are going to sweep the Suns. I'm not there yet. I didn't like this game, but I still have faith that we'll be able to bounce back, hopefully make some adjustments moving forward. Yeah, it just it was it was kind of all over the place for the Suns. Just from a Suns perspective, you could tell what team had chemistry and had a good flow and what team did not. Um, it just it, we still feel like we're very um, – uh, we're just we're, we're just trying to fit this this together, and it, and at times it looks smooth, and at times it looks really really rough, mm-hmm. and especially defensively. Defensively, there's almost no chemistry. It feels like, and the and Nuggets absolutely exposed us in that fact. Yeah. All right. Well, let's tip this one off by looking at the numbers. Saul, what's in the box? What's in the box? Do we have the sounder? No. What's no. in the box? No. Okay. All right. What's, what's in, in the, the box? box? Right. So right now, uh, obviously, what's in the box? We have uh, three-point field goal percentages because the Nuggets shot the lights out from three. They shot 16 of 37. They got 37 attempts up from three. That's significant. Um, for a team that that is not a high-volume three-point shooting team, that's, I mean, 16 of them out of 37 is a pretty good clip, a higher percentage than the Suns at seven for 23. They were abysmal for three. They couldn't get one yeah. to drop. It was not good. Offensive rebounds, Denver Nuggets got 16. The Suns had eight. At one point in the first half, the, the Denver Nuggets had nine offensive rebounds. 
to the Suns' total of nine rebounds, which is not good at all. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Nuggets had 14 uh, steals, and the Suns had four. And the Suns were throwing the ball away like crazy, especially in that first half, especially in that second quarter. Um, and when you combine those two, 16 and eight versus 14 and four, uh, you have a total of 30 to 12, which means you get 18 second chance points in some way, shape, or form. And that's just too many for for a, a very smooth and very, uh, you know, a very uh, an offense that has a lot of chemistry, and an offense that is led by two premier players in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, you, you just can't give them that many opportunities. I mean, honestly, like. So many times we saw Gerald tweeted out, like, the math was mathing by the Denver Nuggets tonight. Like, you're not going to win a basketball game when the math is so in their favor as far as the shooting goes. Because you even mentioned, you know, at at one point in time, so three-point shooting, right? 16 of 37 to 7 of 23. In the first half, they had 17 three-point attempts. We had five. Yeah. And then just field goals in general in the first half, they had taken 55 field goal attempts and we had only taken 40. They had 101 field goal attempts in the That's game. That's wild. That is insane. 101 wild. field to goal our attempts. 284. 84. But if you take those numbers out, right, and I'm not trying to make everybody feel like, you know, all hunky-dory that we lost game one or anything like that, but if you take those numbers out, the Suns shot a higher field goal percentage uh, they uh, at the free throw line. They they made more free throws than the Denver Nuggets. It was about even at 14 to 17, 13 to 15. Uh, free throw percentage was like I said even. Uh, rebounds surprisingly enough on the defensive boards 30 to 33. They didn't get out rebounded in that matter, but again the offensive rebounds matter. Uh, 20 to 22 in assists. That's a low for the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns typically don't have that low of a production from in assists. Again, the ball movement was just not there tonight. They were not the ball was not crisp at all, um, and so you just it points in the paint, sixty to forty eight. Like you would think that the Suns lost the points in the paint because of Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon had had a nice game, but they didn't. They they won in that matter, and it's just there's other things to point to that you can say like, okay, well there's some positive uh, things you could take away in this game, but the negatives were so. So uh, there was such a wide margin in that negative that that's why you lose by 18 on the road. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there was concern in the first round against the Clippers as well that like when you watch the Suns team, it it doesn't feel like they're clicking. You know, it doesn't feel like they just fully understand each other. They're not in a rhythm with one another. And you saw that at points in time in tonight's game as well. And I guess the biggest question is like, as I don't have an answer to this, so it's kind of just a, a question to put out into the universe. Like, when is that going to, like, the flip going to switch for this team? Because it's so bizarre because when we saw Kevin Durant play those handful of games that he played with the Suns before the postseason, it seemed like it was there almost or closer to. Did it, though? Maybe I, it was I, because it was lesser opponent or yeah, inferior yeah, the, opponents that we were playing and things games weren't. The, it wasn't such heightened games yeah, at that point. The, the teams were trash. It just didn't feel as bad, though. The teams were trash. Um, but, you know, everybody talks about Kevin Durant as a plug-and-play guy, which he is for the most part on offense. But there's still an education process in that in that offensive chemistry that you got to go through. And then additionally, defensively. Defensively right now, the Suns are a mess. Yeah. They are leaving guys wide open from three. We saw it in the Clippers series. We saw it again tonight. Guys are just getting wide open buckets. Now, can the Denver Nuggets continue to shoot at this high of a clip? I don't know. I, I know Jamal Murray can. 
but can the rest of the supporting cast? Because tonight, Aaron Gordon was cooking from three. Yeah. Uh, KCP had, I think, three, uh, three threes in the first half. He was, he was feeling pretty good. Uh, it just seemed like every time the Nuggets threw up a three, they were making it, and they were making it as such key parts because the, the Suns would cut it to 13, and you felt like, okay, they're on the verge of a run, three-pointer. Like, damn, like every single time. That second quarter was brutal, and that's that basically not, what put the game away, yeah. it felt like. I did not have a good time during that no, second quarter no, it whatsoever. Was, it, was it was ugly. But you know what? You bring up defense, and that was one thing that, you know, you could you could look at a lot of guys on the Denver Nuggets team and say they took advantage of the Suns in that area at some point in tonight's game. But I definitely want to talk about Jamal Murray, of course, being one of the main ones to do that. He finished with 34 points. He was 6 of 10 from deep. He had 9 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals. I guess it does help when Jamal Murray is healthy. That is my. Not, I'm being sarcastic. That guys. is. Don't, don't freak out. That is my by the book man tonight. Um, Jamal Murray. Again, I, I think there's there's two aspects to this that um, the the Phoenix Suns have got to be careful of. Number one, Jamal Curry is one of the best guards in the NBA. He he can cook, mm-hmm. and if you let him cook, he will absolutely burn you. Uh, number two, the emotional value to that crowd to that team that Jamal Murray provides when he is on point. You could see it in tweets. You know, I follow a lot of the DMVR guys. When Jamal Murray is cooking, those guys are on another planet. They feel like they have this euphoria about them. Like, everybody's excited about that. And Jamal Murray's talking shit to the crowd. The crowd's feeding off that energy. It lifts everybody else up because they feel like they're invincible. And they should. Tonight, they definitely should. So, uh, you got Devin Booker. It didn't have a Devin Booker like performance tonight. No. He was kind of, he was kind of inconsistent. Um, he kind of struggled a little bit. Kevin Durant is the only one that really kept us in the game in the first half. Da did a little bit in the first quarter, but then rebounding wise, he was getting abused and he wasn't playing with a lot of energy. Again, the bad Da showed up at times tonight. You, you can't let a guy like Jamal Murray. That that's the other thing that that really bothered me is that it just felt like it was just free flowing for him. There was no. There was no resistance whatsoever for him. And if you're the Suns, you got to play more physical. Yeah. you got to play more physical against Jamal Murray. Otherwise, he's going to continue to cook, and this series will be very, very short. Because as Jamal Murray goes, in my opinion, the Denver Nuggets go. Nikola Jokic is, is, is the best player on that team, but Jamal Murray's hot is hotter than anybody else on that team. And when Jamal Murray's cooking like this tonight, you're in for a world of hurt. It's, it's a problem. Okay, so I have two follow-up questions, and the first one comes from the chat. El Coronel said, so double Jamal? <laughs> you, 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 should, you should do what the Nuggets did to Booker at times tonight. you got to throw those doubles. you got to flash those doubles at him. Yes, I would. Because Jamal Murray, uh, he's not as, um, you know, he's not as, uh, as an adept passer as Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a height thing. So if you throw the right kind of doubles at him, you're going to force him to lob those passes across the court or wherever. Um, and just switch up the looks. Again, that's what people do to Devin Booker all the time. They switch up the look. They don't give him the same thing all the time just to try and slow him down. you got to do that against the great players. Otherwise, they're going to get into a nice flow and a good routine, and that's it. Yeah. They're NBA players, and the best of the best will absolutely torch you. Okay, and then the next one, this one comes from Frank, who sent us a super chat, said, I'm disgusted by the Suns' three-point defense. So it wasn't just Jamal Murray. I mean, he was 6 of 10 from deep, but you mentioned Aaron Gordon, 3 of 4 from deep. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 3 of 8 from deep. And I know at one point in time you had tweeted out during tonight's game that, like, 
it might slow down a little bit yeah. what we're seeing from yeah. this Nuggets team I was hoping it would. offensively. It may not have happened in this game, but throughout the series, do you think it'll kind of even out a little bit, or do you think that there's a potential that they could shoot like this throughout the entire series? If they get wide-open shots like they did tonight, they could. I mean, listen, you got to contest shots in this league. You can't just give wide-open shots to, to, to good outside shooters because they will find it. They will find a rhythm. They will start to score. So, um, so yeah, they, I, I, again, like the the rotations, they're, they're kind of all over the place. Um I know we're going to talk about the bench and substitution patterns, and oh man, that's going to start a whole other uh, issue. But um, yeah, the Suns have a lot of things that they got to work out. But it's not over. No. It's game one, people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I'm not saying that the Suns are going to win the series. I'm not going to say that they're going to lose the series. But it is game one, and I know everybody's been like, "Well, we lost game one to the Clippers." Well, okay, but this ain't the Clippers. This is a nah. much better offensive team than the Clippers. So you gotta come with uh, with more energy and just more focus. I'm, I am a little shocked that the Suns just didn't seem like they were into it a lot tonight. You know, and maybe because they're playing from behind and they're trying to. You know, it's hard when you're trying to climb that mountain. You know, I will say I probably underestimated maybe how much emotional investment Jamal Murray had in beating the Suns team. Because that was one thing we didn't talk about from two years ago when these two teams saw each other in the playoffs and the Suns swept them. It was all based around, like, Jokic got a little bit emotional. He was ejected. Like, there was a lot of heightened tension and all those things. But Jamal Murray sitting on the sides was probably chomping at the bit to get his hands on the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. And to be able to prove his fan base right that if Jamal Murray was healthy, things would have been different. Oh. I don't think I took that into enough of consideration, maybe how much he was clamoring oh, to, like, no. get out the squad. No, I, I, I did not take that. I did not take that for granted. I, I, I mean, listen, like, he, he knew what Denver fans were saying about losing to the Suns in the first place. Yeah. Um, and he knew how emotional uh, D- Denver fans were about that. And he... Uh, along with the fans, wanted redemption in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. And they got it a little bit tonight, they did. obviously. They like, did. Now, if they go and lose the series, what does that really matter? Probably not much. But it does matter that Jamal Murray is playing in this series because that is vindicating exactly what everybody in Denver has been saying uh, this entire time. And if the Suns are going to do anything about it, they better do something about it. You can't just sit there and look at him dribble around and hit fadeaway jumpers and hit threes that are wide open in your face. You better do something about it. Chris Paul, I'm I'm not going to say it was dirty, but I feel like it was a little calculated what he tried to do. Send a little bit of a message. I don't know. Jamal Murray laughed afterwards, but I think everybody took note like, oh, okay, Chris, you're going to try and do that shit? All right. Well, you know what doesn't ever let us down? Our friends over at Pins and Aces. That's right. (laughs) Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and PHNX, and they have a discount for you guys. If you go to pinsandaces.com and use the code PHNX, you're going to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Again, that is pinsandaces.com, and the code is PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and free shipping. We placed an order with Pins and Aces. Y'all, you know how much I love my beanies. They've got a solid collection of beanies on there. They've got quarter zips. They've got hats, golf bags, any type of apparel that you need to hit the golf course. Pins and Aces has it, and it is super cool, awesome Uh, clothing and apparel and 
accessories and things of that nature. So make cool, sure you check it out. I got a little cool uh, Chubbs uh, um, broken off hand from uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, ball <laughs> marker. You? Yeah, pretty dope. Like they got a bunch. Of, they also have this really cool liquor stick, uh, which you put in your bag and you fill it up with alcohol. So that way it's like really, you know, it's really conspicuous, it's mm. inconspicuous. And then you just you have a whole bunch of uh, alcohol for the whole round. Let's go. Turn it up, baby. We're going to have some <laughs> out at our uh, golf tournament, which you should all come to, which is May 26th. It's going to be a blast. You could put some Four Peaks in there. Boom. You could get you whatever your favorite Four Peaks beer is, whether it's the Redberg Lager, the Sun's Brew, Kilt Lifter, whatever it is that floats your boat, Four Peaks has you covered with amazing beers that you should definitely check out. Their Four Peaks pub not only has uh, great beer, but really great food. You can follow them on social media at Four Peaks Brew to get all of the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. Just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Okay, I think we need to get into a couple of these super chats here. Uh, Trevor, thank you for your super chat. Trevor said, I know it's just game one, but are we not going to compete? It was embarrassing to watch. Seems like we go down double digits and have to fight back up. Yeah, that, it's it's a concern. Uh, that first quarter, I thought they played good. You know, they, they mm-hmm. had the lead after, uh, with one. Or by one after the first quarter, 34-33. I thought they were playing with energy. I thought uh, Kevin Durant was playing at a high, high level. Shit, I thought he was going to drop 60 tonight the way he was yeah. playing. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Devin Booker couldn't get it going at all. Uh, he was struggling. He was, you know, he, I don't think he was looking for shots, but he was looking for fouls. And he was throwing up some of those off-balance shots, and he wasn't getting the call. So those are bad shots. Those turned into bad shots. And, and it gave Denver a lot of opportunities to get out and run. And that's the other thing that, that – I am a little concerned about when you have Chris Paul. Uh, Kevin Durant did a fantastic job of getting back on defense, so I'm not even going to throw him in there. But but the Denver Nuggets made it a point to get out and run a they lot. They were running. And they, they tried hard to get out and, and up that pace. Chris Paul's got to be better. Chris Paul's got to be better. Like, you can't be passive against this team. When they give you a spot-up three-point shot, you got to take it. But what he was doing was he, was, he didn't want to take it at first. And then he would dribble into traffic, and then he couldn't find his way out. Shit, when we started the second half, he took two dribbles and picked up the ball. And I'm like, bro, what are we doing right now? You're stuck at half court. You wasted five or ten seconds, and then finally they got a bucket. Like, <sighs> just a lot of things that, that just needed to improve. Devin Booker, that, that's the thing, right? You had your stars. You had Jamal Murray step up. You had Jokic step up. And you had uh, Aaron Gordon step up. MPJ was relatively not really much of a factor, right? Um, when you when you carry the load like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker do, you can't afford to have off nights. Not in this series. Devin Booker's got to play better. He's got to play in an elite level like he did last last series. It's crazy though because look at his numbers. Like I get it, but still, like that's just it's just insane that on an off night he still has the same amount of field goal attempts as Kevin Durant. He makes two less. He was ten of nineteen, two points less than KD though at twenty seven. Yeah. I and mean, that's an off night now for Devin Booker. Well, it is an off night. I get it, what you're saying, it's also, but it's just crazy. And it's he also, also had eight assists. And it's also way. when when you're doing it. Yeah. And and we all listen, people. Devin and Booker. How? Devin Booker is. You know when Devin Booker is cooking. Mm-hmm. You know when Devin Booker is feeling it. You know when Devin Booker knows he is identified what the defense is doing and he's going to attack, attack, attack. Tonight he was very hesitant, kind of like Chris Paul, where he was just kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the defense and, and where he can get his and where he can't. He's going to adjust. Next game, he'll be better. I promise you he'll be better. Kevin Durant, 
will probably be better too because Devin Booker will be better. Now it's up to Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. What are you going to get from them? We'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this could have just been maybe, it, again, either an off night for Devin Booker or just an opportunity for Kevin Durant to get a little bit more, right? Because he did kind of not take a step back, but he was a secondary option in that first series yeah. against the Clippers. Okay, so we have quite a few talking about the bench here. Let me just run through them real quick. Matt, yes, Matt, thank you for your super chat. We appreciate you very much. Said, will Monty finally give up on his project of putting in Shamit every chance he gets? Ridiculous. Then J5 Media, thank you for your super chat. Said, listen, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I genuinely don't understand what Monty sees in Shamit. I need consolation. Saul, Lindsay? We're getting to it. We're getting to it. But thank you for your super chat. Josh sent one as well. Said, Shamit over pain again? What is Monty doing? <laughs> well, Josh. Um, and then I think there was one more in there. Oh, that was pretty much it for yeah. as far as the campaign. Landry Shamit comments in our super chats right now. But, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I genuinely do not understand. It got to the point where campaign was trending on because the amount of people who were asking, where is campaign? Why is Monty playing Landry Shamit over campaign? Is campaign still hurt? He was literally trending because so many people were asking the same question. And I don't have an answer. Uh, Do I, you? Bro, I have no idea. I really have no idea. I don't understand it. I don't get it. When, when Chris Paul got subbed out and Landry Shamit walked in, I was like, there's no way. There's... No way. Like, oh, I'm going to lose my shit right now. <laughs> I just, I Do we been, need a woo Like, I really, I really, folks, if if you follow me on Twitter, even if you follow the PHNX Suns account on Twitter. Depending I was on which that, night. Um, tonight, <laughs> I was in charge of that. And um, I am really, really trying my hardest to not just lose it. Um, everybody else is done with it. Everybody else is done mm -hmm. with it. I've been done with it for like two years. So it's not like this is new. Landry Shamit does not do anything significant for the Phoenix Suns. Point blank, period. I'm not trying to bury the guy. I'm sure he's nice. But what does he do? What does he do? Because Jamal Murray looked at him, and then I swear, I swear, he was like, licked his lips. <laughs> And he cooked him. Like, what are you going to do? Like, J Landry Shamit should not see the floor. He he should not see the floor. But Monty's going to continue to do this. And Monty's going to continue to do this because he wants to know, he wants players to know that he has faith in him. Always, always, always he has faith in him. He did that uh, with Abdel Nader. Mm -hmm. uh, he's doing that now with, with Landry Shamit. And there's no purpose. There's no rhyme or reason. There's not even a significant thing that you can point to with Landry Sham and say, oh, I can kind of see what he, Monty sees in that. There right. is no redeeming quality right now in, in, in Landry Shamit as a basketball player. And I, I'm, 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 I'm done with it. I'm absolutely done with it. We will get swept if Landry Shamit continues to see the floor, period. That will happen. Like, Landry Shamit should not see the floor. Do you hear me? Monty, hello. <laughs> I'm talking – Directly to you, sir. Please stop with the foolishness. 
please stop putting him out there because he doesn't give you buckets. He barely plays defense. He gives you effort, but he doesn't do anything else. And it's getting to the point now where this team, every time Landry Shamit comes in, I feel like it's almost like a negative, like the, like the team feels it now. You know, I, and, and, you, and that's that's having an effect on play. you got to be better. The spacing is all out of whack when Landry Shamit comes into the game. Like, you got to stop with this foolishness. Get campaign in there or get somebody else. Get a mix of other guys in there. But I don't need to see Landry Shamit minutes anymore. Please stop. Help me. Please. <laughs> uh, we got another super chat. This one's from Josh. Said, Saul is all of us. Man. Honestly, though, I, I don't I don't get it, like, especially because, like, you, you gave him the whole first round to, to test it out, to figure it out, to see if you liked it or not, and nobody else is really on board with continuing it, so, I mean, in theory, of course, well, not in theory, Monty obviously knows more than all of us, but I'm confused how we're all missing whatever it is that he's seeing. So I'm just confused. Somebody in the chat said Shamanti. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little tidbit from Gerald Bourget, oh, who will yeah. hopefully be joining us a little bit later in the show from Denver. Gerald tweeted out, Monty Williams said, quote, it's all on the table when asked about campaign possibly being back in the rotation in this series. So another non-answer answer from Monty Williams about the rotations and Landry <laughs> Shamit. This guy is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. What do you mean it's all on the table? Shouldn't it all been on the table anyway? No, not in the beginning. Oh, my God. You got to take it slow, Saul. Adjustments take time. Oh, cool. Well, when, <laughs> when we're down 3-0, maybe, oh, hey, you know what? We should probably play that campaign guy. He seems like he gives us a little bit of an edge. Yeah, no shit. Uh, you want to you know what the stats were? No, listen. Granted, it was garbage time, okay? So I'll be honest with you. Landry Shamit played 14 minutes. He mm. had three points and what, one what assist this, and one turnover. Minus 15. Oh. Campaign played five minutes. Again, it was garbage time. I get it. But he had five points, one assist, and three rebounds. At one point, he was leading the, the team in plus minus. Um, but that's before the Nuggets went on a run to basically end the game. And all that plus minus went to Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden, who led the team in, in, in plus minus at 21, mi minus 21, minus 20, and minus 18. So it's like, uh, yeah. All right. A couple more super chats about the Landry Shamit campaign shenanigans. Uh, Cristiano <laughs> said, I'm with Saul, and I'm a kid from Wichita. Is that yeah. Wichita? Who saw Shamit play at Wichita State. Oh, okay. Jamal was Jamal cooking was him cooking consecutive him possession, feels like. Yeah. Jeez. I told you he licked his lips. Blessings. I saw it. Um, and then one from Randy. Randy, I, I even thank you think, for yours. I even think Jamal looked at the camera and said, "Watch this all," and then did his thing. Like that's how I felt. Jamal Murray was talking to me about Landry Shamit. Okay, this is what Randy. Randy's got jokes with this super chat. Said, "I know y'all ain't talking about the one hundred percent from three tonight." Landry Shamit knocked out three point shooter. Shamit. I totally said that with a straight face, too. Sham wet. <laughs> yes, sir. Blessings, Randy. Blessings. You, okay. you tried. You tried. <laughs> it was fun, though. All right. So we're talking about, you know, different rotations. And, of course, Landry, Shamit, campaign, who should get more run. One of the things that we did see that was adjusted prior to tonight's game was Josh Akogi mo being moved back into the starting lineup. Tori Craig coming off the bench. How did you feel that kind of went? I don't know how I feel about that. Um, again, I don't know why Monty continuously like just 
throws this this fifth starter kind of in and out like I, I, I get Matt, why I get why Josh Okogie was the fifth starter in this series. Yeah, I get it, but again, like I keep I keep going back to this. Like I, I'm going to beat this home. Monty was a role player. He was not a starter. He does not understand what it feels like to have the chemistry and the vibe of conti- continuously knowing that you're going to start games. It's a different vibe completely, and I think he plays with that those fifth starter minutes like. Like he just like he probably got used as a player himself, mm-hmm. kind of sporadically as a bench player. You just gotta be ready all the time. Like, just stop. Like, just go with a Kogi in the starting five and stop playing around. He's playing with his food too much. Yeah, there is a lot of movement, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of that, but I get it. And, I it, mean, didn't, and it didn't work. Not tonight. No, Josh Kogi did not play his best game tonight. But I think, I personally think in game two, I would keep it the same. I don't think I would move it around and put Tory Craig back in the starting no. lineup. I, mean, I think you leave it how it is. You let Josh Akogi maybe try and get a little bit of rhythm in game two and then go from there. Yeah. No, but I that's agree. That's me. I agree. I mean, Josh Akogi's also got to do something more on offense. Like, you got to hit. He does. You got to hit down those wide open shots. Otherwise, you're basically playing four on five out there yeah. on offense. Because he did only contribute two points. I mean, he's one of three from the field. So that does need to change if he's going to be Man, if only we had another shooter on the team. Damn. Like who? Man, Who's I don't all? Know. Like, who would be one of those what people? If, what if we had a guy that could like score at like different levels? Like could shoot from the outside, but could also give you a little mm. bit of buckets. Like I, I believe, like what if we had a guy that's nickname was buckets? Man, that would be awesome. That would be super cool. That'd be I dope. All right, back to Super Chats. Now we're going to get into the conversation of DeAndre Ayton. So Gordon sent us a Super Chat. Thank you, Gordon. Said the rebounding disparity was insane. DA was a fraud. Jacob sent us a Super Chat. Said this roster is too flawed. We need an offseason. Manuel sent us a Super Chat. Said thoughts on DA looking at Jokic more than boxing him out. I know my guy wasn't the only reason we lost, but damn, why is he always playing scared? Yeah, I, I don't. DA was not good rebounding wise at all. And I think there was one particular sequence where Jokic got like, it felt like eight rebounds at the rim consecutively. And Kevin Durant's right there too. Um, And DA was under the baseline. And DA literally is just Just right here, just like this. Yeah. Like, bro, you got to do something. Like, you got to do something. And. Um, I, I thought he had a good first quarter start. Mm-hmm. Like he hit he hit the floaters, he hit the buckets, and you know, he had eight points, I think, in the first quarter to help out Kevin Durant because nobody else really was. Um, so I thought that was good and I thought that would lead to other things, but again, DA's consistency is just it's just it's a, it's 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 a problem. It's a problem. And listen, I, this is not the first time I felt like this, but it certainly is getting to that point. Like if they lose this series. And D.A. is not a factor because we haven't really seen playoff D.A. like we have the previous two seasons mm-hmm. in this in this playoff set yet. And if we don't get him, what's the reason to keep him? There is no reason. You're going to have to figure out with his salary how to get other pieces in here to help out the guys that you have here and who bring energy. Uh, so it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens if, if this doesn't go away. But, again, we have a long way to go. Um, DA, I, I will say this, Jokic did struggle scoring. He missed 10 shots in the first half. And that, and, and part of that you have to give DA credit for 
because he was making it tougher on Jokic to score. But again, if he's getting his own rebound off of those misses, then what's what does it matter? Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying DA is awful. I'm not saying he was great in tonight's game because there were moments of both, right? But I will say I do think DA was playing really well in the first quarter like you had mentioned. I kind of think he got gassed. He might have. Because they they did kind of mess around a little bit. They kept DA in when Nikola Jokic was out and Jamal Murray was out. He was playing against Aaron Gordon. I think maybe Kay Contavious Caldwell-Pope was also in at that point in time. I thought that was an interesting game plan by Monty and DA, but it felt like he reached 17 minutes of action, I think, in the second quarter, and it just looked like he was gassed. Yeah. And it was it was about the exact same time that video that everyone saw on social media and everyone griped about when they saw it in the game of him just watching Jokic go up and get consistent rebound after rebound after rebound. Yeah. So I wonder if that plays a little bit into it. Yeah. Which I don't know. It's not an excuse. It's playoff basketball. Like, you should be in shape at this point in time. Everyone is pointing to the altitude, talking about how home court advantage for the Denver Nuggets is one of the best home court advantages that you can have in the league because of the altitude. So... It's not an excuse, but it is probably a little bit to blame. Yeah, I mean, it, it can play a factor, but, you know, you're in the playoffs. You, you, you just got to find a way. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. It, it, I just got a text from our producer, Emma, uh, pointed out somebody in our chat said that DMVR is actually commending DA for his performance. Hmm. He can't understand why we are hating on him so much. And, uh, yeah, if I was a DMVR fan, I'd probably be commending DA, too, because yeah. he wasn't really a factor, and that helps us win. That's how that goes. I mean, do you think they're being sarcastic? I don't. I don't know. I I can't tell tone from things that I don't watch. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll have to go back and we'll have to watch it, and then we will I'm report not, back. I'm, I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching that because I'm, all I'm going to see in the chat is just a bunch of just oh, it's not. Yeah, pretty, you so. can't watch the chat if you watch that back. Okay, but to go back to the whole. We saw D.A. out there on the floor when Jokic was not out there on the floor. Do you think that's a good strategy, or should D.A. be resting and just go toe-to-toe with Jokic? I think you should just go toe-to-toe with Jokic. Because we saw Busy out there, and Busy's he can't do it. He can't mm-hmm. do it against Jokic. Jokic is just too good for Busy. Like, so you have to have D.A. versus Jokic. That's your best matchup. Whether you like it or not, that's your best matchup. So, yeah, I think you go head-to-head matchup for matchup with him. I don't think you even hesitate on that. But Man- Monty won't do that. Monty won't do that. He just won't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. He just won't. He, do- Yeah, I'm just going to leave it alone. I buried Monty enough today. Okay, so Danny in the chat said, no, they're being genuine. Like, they like DA, generally. Well, and well, you know what? And that's not a surprise because even at Summer League last year, the DNVR guys, when we were in town in Vegas for Summer League, were like, I don't understand how your fan base dislikes DA so much. He seems like a really good player and had a lot of great things to say about him. But yeah, sometimes again. it's different when you watch somebody night in and night out. It's just different. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, if but yeah. I, I'm still, I still have faith in Da. I hope he has a better game too. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'd agree. Okay, let's see. Hell Rel sent us a super chat. Said you guys are right, but we really need to defend the three. Aaron Gordon won't hit three. Um, out of three, three, po- sorry, three, 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 three pointers, pointers yeah. in one game against this series. Maybe CP3 should come off the bench, let Book play one, and 
and play Okogi and Craig. No. Yeah, no, I don't no, think that'll no. happen. CP3 ever. is not ever coming off the bench. Like you just don't do that to somebody with that kind of um, DNA. So that was a terrible reading of a super chat. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, I butchered that one. <laughs> but to his point about CP3, you, the Suns need to play with more energy, mm-hmm. and they 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 just look really really flat today. Now you got one game under your belt. Yeah, this is one of those ones where you just kind of delete it and you move on. And the Suns will learn from this. They will figure out. Listen, there's some correctable things here. There are some correctable things here. Now, if you leave this, if you leave the Nuggets open again, uh, you might get cooked again. But there's some things that they can do to rectify that. And I don't think all is lost. Listen, you came to Denver. You wanted to get the split. Mm-hmm. Get the split. It's still doable. Yes. Getting the split is still doable. All right. Well, if you need a pick-me-up, maybe tomorrow, you know, in between games, just to cheer yourself up after this L that the Suns took, I would like to recommend to you Octane Raceway and Mavericks. They've got a ton of really fun things that you guys can do out there. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcades, really great food, really great drinks, and a ton of different events throughout the summer. So check them out. They also have summer passes at Octane Raceway. So kart racing, VR, axe throwing, multiple games on the axe throwing. You can buy them right now for the best rate by heading over to OctaneRaceway.com. But if you're looking for something fun to do this spring in between Suns basketball, check them out. They're a lot of fun. They have different events going on throughout, uh, I guess, tomorrow they have an event. But then in May, they also have a couple as well. Mother's Day, Cinco de Mayo, UFC 288. Check them out at OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. Also, if you were here for the pregame show, you heard that Emma is graduating college here soon. Our little M.E.M. And if you are hosting a graduation (laughs) party or a watch party of your own, whatever it may be, Illegal Pete's has your back with a burrito box for the whole crew. Illegal Pete's has delicious ingredients and customizable options that are the perfect way to treat your guests to a culinary adventure they'll never forget. To book your catering order, head to catering.illegalpeats.com. Again, that is catering.illegalpeats.com. Illegal Pete's, it's your go-to place for burritos, buddies, and beer. Okay, yeah. two more Super Chats, and then we're going to name our big, bright, shiny star. Okay, Manuel said, it's like Gerald said, threes are more than twos. Our death by a thousand cuts slash middies game only works when we are up but the three ball is a gun to our knife fight yeah it's absolutely it absolutely we have is. to shoot more threes at the very is. least attempt them but you got to knock them down too iverson thank you for your super chat said booker laughing on the bench down 22 pathetic i mean what are you gonna do the game's over you lost you don't want you don't want these guys to dwell on it you want them to wear it they will yeah. All because Devin Booker's laughing on the bench is just like sometimes you just got to laugh because you're just getting your shit kicked in. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and you move on. It's okay, people. Like, De- you, we're not going to start questioning Devin Booker's motor. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know that I would do that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. This is not Devin Booker on the sideline like, yeah, I don't care if we win or lose. You, it's, it's game one of the second round. I promise you Devin Booker is not about that life. No. Now, if this were a an elimination game and Devin's laughing, I could understand you feeling some type of way about that. But this is game one. We all know that Devin takes these things personally. He takes them seriously. 
hopefully we get a really good bounce back game from Devin. It's Which some, again, we're talking about a bounce back game when the guy had 27 points tonight. It's sometimes you know, and sometimes when guys laugh, they laugh because it's kind of like that Doc Rivers meme where he's just like. Because he just is in disbelief about what the hell is going on. Like, that was such a bad call. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, like, what? Seriously? Uh, okay. Let's name our big, bright, shining star. And I think you guys all know who it oh, is. Star. Of course. Oh, big, bright, shining star. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant finished the game tonight with 29 points. He was 12 of 19 from the field. He also had 14 rebounds and three blocked. Shots. He was fantastic. He was. He was uh, really fun especially to watch. in that first half, man. He was. I thought we were going to have a legendary KD performance tonight, but um, unfortunately, the rest of the team couldn't couldn't help him out. And uh, listen, if it weren't for Kevin Durant, we'd have lost this thing by fifty. <laughs> yeah, it would have been rough. Um, you know, in that first half that you talked about, it was really fun watching him. I feel like the rim protection. You know, those three blocks. Those were some of. That's what I was like, okay, that was really fun. That was phenomenal and it's so exciting to watch. Do you think we're going to get more of that throughout the series? I think so. I think so, especially when Devin Booker starts cooking. I think that's just only going to help K- KD. Um, I mean, listen, like, KD's phenomenal. He's so phenomenal. And you just got to give him space to be able to operate. And in the first quarter, uh, the Nuggets didn't really send a lot of double teams they had some mismatches some switches and kd took advantage and he was cooking them so mm-hmm. um i think that'll continue because I, I i genuinely don't feel like the nuggets have a player that can stop kd i, I don't um but everybody else has to contribute to that effort otherwise it's too easy to get the ball out of kd's hands when nobody else is hitting a shot yeah. okay so I, I don't know if this person, it's Joe. Joe in the chat said, how about those seven turnovers, though, Yeah, that I mean, Katie had? I, I, I didn't think Katie's turnovers were, like, really crucial. Um, some of them were just funky. Um, I thought Devin Booker's were more egregious in the first half because he was just giving them the ball um, like crazy. And I was like, bro, would you stop? Like, so, uh, yeah, the seven turnovers is concerning, but I, I, don't, I don't think that that's something to, to panic about with him. Um, I think they were more fluky than they were just egregious. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole team, again, they were just so lax with the ball in the first half. It just cost them, especially in that second quarter. That second quarter was – that was brutal. Yeah. Do you think that we, we will see a game in within this series where Book and KD both have a good game, like a, a great game to their standards? Well, if we do, well, that means we probably blew out the Nuggets. Um I don't or know. do you, or do you think because we did get a super chat earlier in the show saying we do need an off season? Do you think to find that perfect chemistry and cohesion that we need one maybe a little bit of a different personnel coming off the bench, but two time for those two and whoever else is in the starting unit to really find it? I mean, yeah, but you know you're going to add pieces in the off season too. You're probably going to you're going to need a lot of work uh, chemistry wise, and and honestly, like. I will say one theme that is starting to really prevail for me right now is just like I do have genuine concerns at how far Monty Williams can take this squad. I do, um, and you know I wasn't one to be uh, you know on the the let's get it rid of Monty train by any stretch of the imagination, but th- these playoffs have really shown like he's not able to find different levels to really uh, get his team better prepared for some of these games. And strategically, I just feel like he's getting out coached, and that's that's not a good thing. You don't want to feel that as a as a fan of your team that they're not coming in prepared um, like they should. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, a couple more super chats here. This one is from Gordon. Gordon, thank you for your super chats. It said, today wasn't a fail. It was a step towards success. What is your <laughs> biggest lesson that you're going to take away from this game to turn into a positive? Ooh, good question. I, is that Giannis in the chat? Yes. Thank you, Giannis. Yes, it is. All right. Um, uh, my biggest takeaway is that um, what's the biggest thing we can fix? Uh, oh, okay. I, I think the biggest thing that we can fix is uh, in the in in the first half, specifically in the first half. I think you can do more pick and rolls with Chris Paul in order to get him some mismatches and have him cook in the, in the, at the mid mid range level a little bit more than he he was doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's one change, and I think that that will. If Chris Paul cooks, then that opens up everything else. And and Chris Paul has not been passing the ball at a at a high uh, like a Chris Paul standards. Okay, Chris Paul standards. Uh, his assists have dropped off a little bit. Uh, he's not. He he just has not been the same player that we've known uh, for the last couple of seasons. And we we kind of seen stretches of that down the stretch of this season though. It looked like he was turning it on. It looked like he was rebounding and. And we were all wrong. Yeah. But then the playoffs hit, and he's kind of he's kind of been the same Chris Paul. Like he's just been kind of like, eh, you know, he's he's okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing phenomenal though. All right, we got one more super chat uh, from Hellrell. They said, "Should we double team Murray?" Which we did talk about earlier in the show. Short yeah. answer was, you yes. got to throw some different things at him. You got to throw some different looks at him. You can't, and you got to be physical. You got to be more physical with Jamal Murray. You got to make him work. Point blank. Yeah. This is this game two will be interesting. Game two will be very interesting to see one how the Suns respond to this loss, two what adjustments Monty chooses to make, um, but and three just kind of like does it feel better watching? Does it feel like they're doing it to themselves? Because a lot of this tonight was self inflicted. I yeah. think, of course, you got to give credit to the Nuggets because they took advantage of everything. They made the Suns work, but I feel like a lot of it was on them like I feel like the Suns team could turn things around if they chose to if they worked hard enough at it okay so I could see that um somebody in the chat said uh uh oh dang it I just lost it uh it was about oh yeah Jamal Murray on Chris Paul's hard foul in transition uh and, and quote uh if he's doing that then we're doing something right now I will say this I remember one time when I was cooking this dude at the gym and he was an older guy he was an old head is what we call him right and uh and so I crossed him up, and I and I took him to the hole, and I and I scored, and and we won the game, whatever. Uh, and then we ran it back. And the next time I crossed over, this dude straight up just punched me in my chest, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Because he was so frustrated okay. because he was he was an old guy and he couldn't really keep up. And I think I was laughing at him when I crossed over. So I, I would have probably legit. punched you in the chest too. So was, I mean, I kind of deserved <laughs> it. And that's what I felt like tonight when Jamal Murray was going full speed and Chris Paul went in there. He knew what he was doing. Like, you can't let another team feel like they've already gotten in your head. And I feel like Chris Paul kind of gave that to him a little bit. It's, it's game fucking one. Mm-hmm. Like, stop with that nonsense. Like, just play ball. Just okay. play ball. Okay. If you don't like it, do something about it. And I mean, he didn't do fair. anything about it. That is absolutely fair. Okay, so I just texted Gerald to see what his ETA was for joining us on the show, and he said about 10 minutes. 
Sure. So what I want to do real quick is give a shout out to everyone who came out and joined yeah. us for our watch party out here Fantastic. at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. We got Mark. We got Tim. We got CWP. We had a whole crowd Brendan was here. yesterday. Or today. I'm sorry. Yeah. A whole yesterday. bunch of people yeah, were whole, here. It was yeah, a lot of fun. Group, yeah, and this was my first watch party mm-hmm. since playoffs has started because I missed them during the first round. And it was a really good time. Like they have so many different TVs. It's not like watching, uh, you know, like a restaurant in Phoenix where you have to deal with the music and everything. You're hearing the game, yeah. which I do appreciate very much about being in a yes. sports book. The food was good. The drinks were good. Like the whole experience as a like in totality was fantastic. And everyone who came out here and went up to the sports book got $100 in bonus bets simply That's for it. being here with us tonight. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Even so, Lindsay got in on the betting action tonight. It was I fantastic. did. So if you guys tell me what I should put my bonus bets on, <laughs> on BetMGM, even though sometimes you come here for that. Uh, this time, I think you should share it with me. Share me, share with me all your secrets for the uh, playoffs. Also, this is a new thing that's happening out here at BetMGM, our Knockout Nights Cornhole League, which starts this upcoming Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, first Friday, we're going to have our first Cornhole League. Now, I don't know if we'll be there or not because we have a Suns game. We might, her, yes. Uh, the first home game of this series. But it's uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. It starts at 7 o'clock from 7 to 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the first Friday of every month, May through August. So it's a shortened league kind of thing. So you don't have to worry about committing all year long, but it'll be a lot of fun. So all you got to do is win one of the, the first three league nights. So mm-hmm. one of those first three months, all you got to do is come out, win one of those, or show up to all of them and you automatically qualify for the championship tournament, which is in August. Um, that should be electric. It'll be out here on the Great Lawn. It'll be fantastic. Uh, and there's huge, huge prizes that come your way for that. So if you uh, want a shot at the title, come see your boy. Yes, absolutely. And if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you sign up and use that bonus code PHNX. Because uh, even if what? No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, even if you weren't out here to get that $100 bonus bets for being with us, you can get a little something from BetMGM by signing up on the app, again, with that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offerings out there depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show for full details, the show notes, that is. And now listen to Shane. Talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, one 800 0717 for confidential help, Michigan. Um, I do want to say something. Uh, a lot of people have brought it up in the chat. They're asking questions about our guy, Espo. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to give everybody an update. Uh, his wife had a very successful surgery. Uh, she's recuperating. Uh, they're they doing as, as best as one can do in a situation like this, but they are, everything went uh, as, as smooth as it could. And so, uh, you know, our, our shout out to our guy. We love him. We love Tracy. We love mm-hmm. Roe. We love the whole family. So um, hopefully the, the healing continues in a very positive manner and um, everything. And we'll get our boy back, I think, at the end of next week. Uh, I think he did say he was going to be back either Thursday or Friday. So he should be here for game three. Yeah. It's all dependent on how the healing process yeah. goes for his wife. Exactly. So it's kind of TBD, but he'll be back when he's able to be back. 
Um, until then, just send good vibes their way because even though, as Saul said, the surgery was a success, there's still an uphill battle as far as just the healing and getting back to feeling yeah. like yourself. So it, continue it, to send good thoughts and vibes their way. Yeah, and, and listen, we, we all appreciate that so much, and he certainly does too. Like the, the amount of uh, people reaching out and, and just, you know, saying prayers to him and, and, and his family. Uh, and Tracy, I should say Tracy. She's the one that went through the operation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, listen, it means a lot to that family. And, and it means a lot to us, too, because uh, we work with them. We love them. And, and we want nothing for the best for our colleagues. So thank you all for, for what you've been doing to, to help lift their spirits. Uh, there's no good transition out of anything like that. So Bring it to me. on your way home, are you going to stop at Circle K and get uh, a Polar Pop? I, I thought we were bringing on Girth. No, not yet. <laughs> Sorry. You got to wait. You got to yeah, wait a little bit I'm longer. Of course I'm stopping at Circle K. I want to give me some, <laughs> I want to give me a meat stick. I want to get me some Kool-Aid in a, in a jug. In a, in a, in a, like a Polar, a polar pop. pop? There you go. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Why don't you call it beef jerky? Why is it a meat stick? Uh. Yeah, it's what it's well, called it's, on it's the called, thing. It's called a meat stick. It's on, called a on, meat stick. I've I literally okay. never called it a meat stick. I've always it's always been a slim jim or beef jerky. Well, it's, well, I don't know what to tell you, Lindsay. Well, yeah, I don't Sometimes know what to tell just... you either. But make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Head to CircleK.com/store-locator to find Circle K's <laughs> near you. It is uh, it, Circle K is elite. It is elite. Uh, Lindsay kind of got me on the train about it. Um, I was a QT guy beforehand, but that's because I did not know any better. Uh, and Circle K is fantastic. We love going to Circle K, so check it out. Polar Pop. They even have like monthly deals that you can get for your drinks, coffee, and, and beverages. You can just bring in a mug every single month. You just pay like five ninety nine, I think, every single mm-hmm. month. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, check it out. Okay, so we had a question in the chat from Kimberly. Said, "What the hell is a Polar Pop?" Kimberly, what? Get to Circle K immediately. What? A Polar Pop is what you is their fountain drinks, but you can get a fountain drink. But some of the Circle Ks have little add-ins where you can add in like cherry, you can add in like lime flavoring into whatever type of soda or you guys Powerade or whatever. But the best Polar Pop of them all are the slushies, and you mix Coke and cherry, and it's the best thing in the entire world, especially in the summer. I, I gotta read some of these comments because they're fantastic, people. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, Larry Lewis says, "Don't Google meat stick." Uh, yes, that's good quality <laughs> Probably, information yes. there. Uh, after this game, we don't need a Polar Pop. We need we need a fifth. I'm not going to lie. That's probably true. You uh, can pick that up at Circle K, too. <laughs> probably, right? Somebody said in uh, in Denver, we just call them Slim Jims. No, we call them meat sticks I here, call buddy. them Slim Jims. It's so much funner to call yeah. them meat sticks. Well, you know, I don't know. All right. Well, Gerald is setting up right now to join us, but he did send us this clip of De- DeAndre in, on the Suns being more physical in Game 2. We're going to be a complete different team Game 2. I can tell you that. But um, the physicality is going to turn up a notch. Um, just, just they were playing Nuggets basketball, but they were playing a little too comfortable, man. We didn't have their our hands on them like I was supposed to. And when we did, it was a little too late. You know they're aggressive, and the game's the set of the the tone of the game is already set. And you know we just can't let stuff like that slip out of our hands because they're a really really good team. And you know once you're trailing against a team like that, you're gonna be trailing for the rest of the game. So it's really getting them off the glass where there's no um. Momentum, momentum plays, and then the crowd gains with just communicating on, off, on defense, mainly that. Uh, 
you might not have been here for game one, but I literally got in Espo's face about how you're supposed to guard Eric Gordon. You can't be right here. You have to be up here, right? And that's exactly what I said before. Like, you can't let Jamal Murray just roam free like he's in the damn tulips out on the side of a mountain. You got to get up in his face. You got to be physical. You got to put hands on him. You got to put hands on him. Let's go. So Nash in the chat said, I'll believe that when I actually see it happen. A lot of people, you know, asking us to hold up a mirror to DA and saying that he doesn't play with defense or he doesn't play any defense. Do you think that DA has the ability to self-reflect? Because he says all the right things as if he does. But sometimes you don't see a change in the play on the court. So is it or is it a little bit of both? I I I don't know. Because I have seen fans ask that question quite a bit, especially this year. Like, he says a lot of the right things, but then we don't really get to see a lot of the right things all the time. If you have to ask yourself if you believe it can be done, doesn't that kind of answer the question? Right? Like, how many times are we going to have to ask ourselves, can DA do this? Can he not be inconsistent? Can he play consistently? Can he play with effort? Can he rebound high to high level? Can he score when he needs to? Can he take advantage of Like, the list is growing and growing and growing on things that DA doesn't do consistently. And, I mean, if you have to ask over and over again, it probably means no. It probably means no. Um, or or if you have to say, I don't know, like, you genuinely don't know because one game he can give you 20 and 15 or 25 and 15, and the next game he can give you 8 and 7. Like, I just don't know with the guy, man. It sucks. It sucks for me to talk about DA because I love him so much and I really want to see him thrive because he's a U of A guy and I saw him when he was a kid and playing basketball in high school. Like, he's a phenomenal human being. He is. Like, that, he is a phenomenal human being. As a person, DeAndre Aiden is as good as they come. As a basketball player, there's a lot left to be desired, and that's what frustrates everybody. And it's just, it breaks my heart. Well, let's ask Gerald what he thinks. Because Gerald's here, everybody. In the darkness, beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome to Gerald! Hi, Gerald. How are you? I'm all right. How are you guys? <laughs> we are also just all right, Gerald. We just listened to the clip that you sent us of DeAndre in talking about the Suns being more physical in game two. What are your thoughts on the physicality that you saw out of the Suns in this one? Yeah, I mean, Monty said it best. He felt like they were more physical. He felt like the Nuggets came out and played with more force. Um, and I think you could see that, especially early in the first half on the offensive glass, how many offensive rebounds they were giving up. At one point, I think the Nuggets had nine offensive boards and the Suns had nine total rebounds. Um, So you just can't start off a game on the road like that, especially in front of a much improved Denver home crowd. Um, So they kind of took a shot to the jaw tonight. And as you heard from the clip, DA and everybody was aware of what needs to be done. Now the question is whether they'll be able to do it. And in DA's defense, I thought he did a decent job guarding Jokic. He held him to 9 of 21 shooting. They limited his assists. But at the same time, you've got to be able to close out those possessions with a defensive rebound. And that is extremely physically taxing, but that's what it's going to take in a series like this. And I felt like they just couldn't close out some of those uh, defensive possessions with a board. Um, And, you know, Jokic kind of not padded his stats, but a couple of those were tips up to himself or tips off the backboard to himself. 
So that kind of inflated the numbers a little bit, but they have to be a lot better because early in the game, the Nuggets were getting a ton more shots than the Suns were. And I think that sustained itself throughout the rest of the way. They were playing catch up from that second quarter on. 101 shot attempts by the Denver Nuggets, Gerald. Is that good? <laughs> that is not good if you're the Suns. It's very good if you're the Nuggets. Um, yeah, the, the offensive rebounds, the turnovers. Kevin Durant was saying after the game, like, it's a make-or-miss league. You look, they got 101 shots to R84. They got 37 threes to R23. Um, they made a ton more threes. And, you know, I, I had damn near half of our turnovers myself. He was saying, I slipped on a couple of them. I just threw a couple of bad passes. I've got to be better. I can't have seven turnovers compared to one assist. Um, so the turnovers, the offensive rebounding, uh, it really hurt them tonight for sure. You know, Gerald, sometimes you walk through the office and I feel like you're just kind of, you know, like you just have a little too much freedom. And every now and then I feel like I just need to check you. Um, is that what the Suns need to do <laughs> to Jamal Murray? I don't know. I didn't know I needed to be checked, but I sometimes, guess. sometimes, like, I didn't know about sometimes this. Gerald's just feeling himself a little too much. I'm like, hey, I got to bring you back down, buddy. <laughs> I mean, no, that's fair. I, I do think they need to be more physical with uh, Jamal Murray. You know, Monty was saying early in the game, especially, he felt like they weren't like ready for Jamal to have the ball and they were a little too far off of him. Uh, he pointed out that they got a backdoor cut for Murray early and that kind of thing just can't happen. He's the type of scorer who, if you let him hit his first two shots and they're easy ones like that, he's going to get rolling, especially at home, especially with what we've seen him do in the playoffs. Um, you know, he did mention he started a Kogi to get a smaller guard type body on Murray. Um, but he was saying with some of the shots he was hitting it, I don't think it would have mattered who was guarding him tonight. Um, I, I think this is one of those guys that can snowball very quickly. So you have to hit him hard and hit him first with physicality to start the game, not try to adjust once he's already got the ball rolling. We did see that Josh Okoge started the game uh, here in or against the Nuggets in Denver. Did Monty give a reasoning as to why he chose to go with Okoge in that starting unit for this series? Yeah, he, he mentioned wanting to put a smaller guard-type body on Jamal Murray. Um, obviously, it didn't work. I think there were some defensive communication issues, especially in that first half. Um, you know, Okoge got clobbered on a couple of screens, and it didn't feel like the communication was there on whose end. I, I don't know, but um, they've got to be a lot better in terms of that two-man game because Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are really good in that two-man game. They kind of sliced and diced them a little bit tonight. So they've got to be better communicating. They've got to be better switching if need be. Um, and getting through those tough screens that Jokic and some of their other big set because tonight Murray just walked into a couple of practice threes when he was already feeling good. Um, and, you know, so I, I liked the Akogi adjustment. I thought it was the right adjustment for this series, uh, but it did not pay dividends in game one, obviously. Um, obviously, pace is also a factor. It looked like the Denver Nuggets were out and running uh, fast. And once mm -hmm. again, the Suns seem like they can at times be stagnant. Um, what did they have to say about pace uh, in, in this game? Yeah, Chris Paul actually said in the, in the locker room, like, we've got to play faster, and that's on me. Um, everybody that went to the podium mentioned that this team needs to play faster. Um, it felt like a lot of their offense uh, at times kind of got bogged down and was a little bit too ISO heavy. They didn't make the Nuggets defense work the way that we saw them in the first quarter especially. Um, and, you know, on the flip side of it, they gave up way too many points in transition. The Nuggets were able to score off of missed shots, off of turnovers, even off of made shots a couple of times. 
Um, there was a one fast break where they just completely lost Jamal Murray and he got a three, and that was pretty much the dagger in that fourth quarter. Um, it, their transition defense was bad, and this is a Nuggets team that ranked in the top five for fast break points per game this season. So they're definitely going to have to pick that up in game two. Can Chris Paul even pick up the pace? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't say know. that. I don't say that facetiously. I mean, like, legitimately, can he? Like, I don't. It's. I don't know if he can. It's a great question, and I think it's similar to DeAndre Ayton and talking about physicality and protecting the defensive glass. I think this team, you know, talking Monty talking about getting up more threes, that type of thing. I think this team is acutely aware of some of the things that are their Achilles' heels, but. I don't know if they have what it inherently takes to change some of those things, um, which puts you in a tough spot because it's hard to change what you've done and what you do effectively for most of a season, but they're going to have to in this series if they want to, you know, strike back in game two. Because, because of the fact that we got rid of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and we have Kevin Durant, who is 35 and Chris Paul, who is 38. Um, it feels like we're on the cusp of looking older. When you look at a game like this, it looked like, you know, the Nuggets were just younger, faster, stronger in some aspects. Um, any concern that, you know, we could be seeing something like, oh, man, all of a sudden we feel pretty old right now? Maybe. I, I do. I don't want it to be lost that heading into this game, the Suns were the most effective half-court offense in the league. They were the most effective ISO offense. So they, they clearly can – they have enough firepower on that end. It's My concern is just the communication defensively. It felt like a lot of those transition opportunities could have been uh, averted if they just hustled back on defense or if they communicated and talked who has who. Like these are simple, self-inflicted wounds that I feel like have to be better in game two. And like DeAndre said, you're going to see a completely different team in game two. And hopefully we do see it because otherwise this could be a quick series. Uh, do you think a guy like campaign can help with that? Oh, how you know, about make, that? Maybe a little younger, maybe a, maybe a smidge. If only faster. we had a guy that was good enough to pick up the pace. <laughs> what do you think, Gerald? He, he could definitely help with that. Monty responded, it's all on the table when it comes to campaign playing. And he was saying he needs to stay ready because we could use his speed in this series. So I think we will probably see him in game two. Uh, I would be surprised and pretty disappointed if we don't, given the response that he gave when asked about campaign. But we will see. Gerald, uh, I need you to translate that uh, for me in Montyisms. It's all on the table. Uh, what does that even mean? It, it From means Amani's perspective, is, of course. Well, what Monty has been saying this whole time when it comes to rotations and guys getting opportunities, guys not getting opportunities, is he has an open mind about it. So I think that's tangentially tied into that in terms of saying, like, yeah, he didn't play tonight, but he sh he'll probably play in this series. I would assume he plays in game two. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. If, if, if he wants the guys to have uh, an open mindset and flexibility, then don't you think he should too? Because, Gerald... I'm not going to put you on the spot, so I will say this because I've said this a million times tonight already. I'm done. I'm done with the experiment. I'm done with the minutes that you know who is getting. It's too much. It's too much for the fan base. It's too much on the court. I think it's even too much for the other players on the court when they see him walk on the court. They're like, ah, oh, this shit again. Like, what are we doing now? Look, I, I will say I don't think Landry was terrible tonight, but I understand your sentiment. He's playing too much. I don't understand playing him over campaign, especially at that backup guard spot. 
Um, and I thought, you know, as much as Landry competed defensively, Jamal Murray viewed him as an easy bucket when he was matched up on him. And sometimes that confidence is all that really matters. So I, I would expect in game two, they go a different route in the second half. We saw Damian Lee get some minutes. We saw Jock Landale get some minutes. Um, so he's he's got an open mind. The question is whether it's going to be in time to make these adjustments quicker rather than after you lose game one. Which, to be clear, this was not the reason they lost game one. No. There were plenty right. more reasons. But, Definitely not the but, reason. But I did hear Jamal right. Murray was wearing a shirt underneath that said, I don't like Landry Shamit too, Saul. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I heard. It's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I think it started. Think it was started by the DNVR guys. <laughs> I think that's conjecture, but I'll investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a couple super chats here. The first one is from Gordon, who I'm assuming is a Nuggets fan, okay? But thank you, nonetheless, for your super chat. They said, y'all think Denver had an unusually good shooting night, but this was one of the worst scoring percentage of games from Jokic. His touch will come back. Good luck. So my question is, sure. from a, a three-point perspective, we're talking about, you know, guys like Aaron Gordon as well, getting uh, the buckets there. Do you think that... That will continue. Guys not named Nikola Jokic will have percentages like they had tonight in game two. Um, I, th- I think everybody's going to step their game up next game. I, for the Suns, I mean. like. No, I'm talking about the Nuggets because oh. he's saying that Nikola Jokic's shooting percentage was low oh, tonight, oh. comparatively speaking. But that's what I'm saying. Does it balance out? Yes. Sure, sure, yeah. Nikola Jokic might come back to his normal mean. But at the same time, Aaron Gordon ain't, ain't doing what he did tonight a most – occasions he's not hitting three of three or three out of four from three-point range like that's just not something that's going to happen and everybody and Devin Booker didn't have a, a typical Devin Booker night so like everything kind of evens out like again the Nuggets played very very well tonight but it's one game I'm not going to overreact yeah I don't think you overreact I, I think you are very cognizant of the fact that they got a way more three-point attempts than you and that a lot of them were very easy you have to tighten the hatches down on that in game two um, but I don't, like Saul was saying, I don't think Gordon's going to shoot that high of a percentage again. Jamal Murray, I don't think he's going to hit as many three pointers as the Suns did as a team tonight. Um, so those are things to address in game two for sure. All right. And then two more super chats, uh, both from Devin. Devin, thank you so much for your super chats. The first one was if Monty wants, quote, something on the table, he just needs to buy me some tequila shots. I mean, that's as simple as that. <laughs> And then his second one, uh, Saul, he, he said Saul was spot on about DA. At a certain point, it goes from dominating to common denominator when we look at the issues with this team sad face. Yeah. I'm just hoping for a bounce back game on Monday, hoping for a better game two and a different outcome in favor of the Suns. But we'll, we'll get a better performance from the Suns. It, will it mean a win? I don't know. But we will get a better performance from the Suns. I feel confident yeah. in that. Gerald, where's your confidence at right now? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm probably at like a 7.5 out of 10. I, I feel like this team will respond in game two, but I, I do think um, the Nuggets are a damn good team. We saw that tonight. The, the Suns were not prepared for this level of offense that they threw at them, um, and they have to respond in kind in game two. Otherwise, like I said, this series could be over a lot quicker than we were expecting. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us here on this post-game show, recapping game one of Suns and Nuggets in round two of the playoffs. Gentlemen, thank you so Gerald, much. Don't go to the DMVR bar. Don't, don't do, do it, it, Gerald. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. 
Totally. Man, I got work to do. I ain't got, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I got time for that. <laughs> Gerald, thank you so much for joining us and bringing us all the insight from Denver. Uh, everybody, you can follow him at Gerald Borgay on Twitter. Of course, you can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. And you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. We will be back on Monday with a pre and post game show for you guys for game two which we hope will end up a little bit better. Of course, you can always join us back out here at the BetMGM Sportsbook for our watch party. Until we see you then, enjoy your Sunday. Saul, take us home. Uh, we're not in Denver, but uh, I hear OGs would be good right about now, so why not get a mile? Bye-bye. Best combo since KJ Marley and Charles. If you squat, just sitting on the chat. Get involved. Rhymes say it's got flavor. Known to shine greater. Glide like Tom Chambers and Bull versus Lakers off that pick I'm dead